Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you're living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So welcome to episode 94, people. I hope you have been enjoying some World Cup football or soccer. Um, I haven't been able to see much of it uh, because I have been working. I've been trying to. I mean, it's only every four years, you know, men and women, and they alternate. You know, there's two years in between. And, uh, man, I love World Cup. And um, But anyways, I just love seeing some of the surprises going on. And, uh, unfortunately, Germany, Germany got eliminated. Um, you know, the reigning uh, World Cup champs. But, um, yeah, man, but it's so fun. I, I have caught two matches. And um, other than that, I'm hoping to be able to see a few more. Um, obviously, as they get into the knockout rounds, that's going to be great. But I will definitely have to... Um, just take some much needed rest and relaxation time. So that's how I'm going to use my time to uh, build some margin and some break time, rejuvenate with some World Cup. But anyways, um, hopefully your team you're pulling for is doing well. So uh, once again, this is episode 94 and um, just been moving right along. Have a great guest today that I'll tell you about here in a minute. But um, always remember you can go to UphillConversations.co on the website. You find all the social channels, things that we do there, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, in all the episodes. But you'll also um, be able to sub- submit. I've been getting a lot of submittals for new guests, and um, if you would just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a button there. It says "Be a guest" on the show. Um, I always get it wrong, but it says something about a guest. So just uh, take a look at it. Click on it, fill out the information if you believe that you can help someone with their ride-along journey um, toward their emerging future. Um, And it doesn't matter, uh, maybe a personal experience, professional experience, something you built, something you built and destroyed and lost it all. I mean, who knows? But uh, you can always add value to another person's life by sharing your story, um, as well as some great information that they can use, principles and practices and techniques. Those are always very helpful. But uh, click on there, submit to be a guest on the show. Or if you know someone that you think would be great, someone that's an author, an entrepreneur, uh, someone that does great community work, um, it you know it takes all. It, we, we take it all, depending on obviously we gotta make sure the alignment's there. But just get you know fill it out for them and send it on, and we'll take a look at it. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I would love that. My personal Instagram handle is Pecoraro Tim. And the show is um, Uphill Convo. And then what I do daily with my daily work is Uphill Strategies. So those um, I'm starting to use Instagram more. And I will be giving away some books on Instagram uh, pretty soon. Um, so I'm putting together the videos for that now. And uh, that's why I will do that. And I'm not on Instagram to grow an audience or a big following. I'm on Instagram to do the same thing that I do on this podcast, and that's to you know to give away stuff and give away great information and hopefully uh, make a difference in people's lives. So today, the guest that I have, love this person, incredible conversation, 
Runa Magnus. I'm not even going to try to mess with her last name. Um, from Iceland. Um, and we did have a little chat about I- the World Cup with Iceland as well. But um, she's amazing. Um, she's the founder and CEO of The Changemakers, an internationally acclaimed and multi-awarded personal branding expert and best-selling author of Branding Your X Factor. Runa is also the founder of Connected Women, co-founder of Brandit, the EU-awarded personal branding boutique, and the co-founder of the Network of Transformational Leaders. Runa is a sought-after speaker who uses um, her shaken but not limited sense of humor with a good dash of passion to speak, inspire, and coach professionals who want to make their mark in the global market and be the change they want to see in the world. She um, shares the stage or has shared the stage with brands such as Brene Brown, Seth Godin, Daniel Pink, Mary Smith, and Chelsea Clinton. Uh, Runa loves to engage her audience to look outside their boxes and brand their uniqueness. She also has a book coming out um, in her upcoming book, The Story of Boxes, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, um, which that information is in the show notes. But she was amazing, a great guest, someone that I'm looking forward to having back again, but also just building a connection with um, because I want to be able to help and and continue to with the work that she's doing, but to continue to see it grow by being one of these 5 million people that she's talking about that she would like to see out in the world doing this extraordinary work. So without any further delay, let's jump into this wonderful conversation with my new friend all the way in Iceland, Runa Magnus. Welcome to the show, Runa. Tell me how you are and how things are going in your world. Thank you, Tim. I am super duper. Uh, <laughs> all really good in Iceland at the moment. And a lot of good things for such a small, beautiful, wondrous land that you're in. You have an incredible team playing in the World Cup. What? Oh, gosh. We're so proud of them. And you know what? It's um, it's interesting for many, for many reasons. Uh, you know, at the moment... These are our guys. So when we talk, it's, you know, we are playing the World Cup and we, 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 it's all about we, we, we and us and all of that. And the moment they would do something that we would not be so proud of, it would be they are in the World Cup. (laughs) They messed up. (laughs) But at the moment, it's all about we, 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 we. Yeah. But it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And it definitely does feel good every time. If you think about it, I mean, not thinking about football or soccer or whatever you want to, the word that we want to use for that game. But when we use we as in anything that you're doing and you feel that you are, you belong to something and you are part of something, uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a good box to be in. Yeah, it is. And, you know, um, I like to tell people all the time that how do you expect people to invest into a vision or, um, or to buy into anything if they cannot see themselves in the picture. And a lot of the reason people can't see themselves in a picture is because it's almost like there's no inclusion. No one's including you into that vision. They're not, they're not welcoming you into it. So I know a lot of the barriers we create ourselves, like I just don't imagine myself there, right? I don't use my own ability to put myself there, but gosh, it's so much better when you see people just come together and the buy-in is just so magnificent. It's a whole different experience, wouldn't you say? 
Oh yeah, it it it, it is. And like you're mentioning it, if you um, we can do this to ourselves. And I think what we are maybe not always so aware of is the moment that we exclude another person for something we are excluding ourselves and i think that is something um we're not aware of right and and in a lot of our own problems like i i like to tell people that if you're stuck usually it's your foot on the brake <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh. oh god yeah and for whatever reason that is yeah you know Oof. it's not the person in the back seat that's just talking maybe they're irritating you <laughs> maybe they're giving you instructions but you're the one stopping the car, <laughs> you know, <when> you-, <laughs> you are, you are. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, you know, so about you, I'm, I'm really loving getting to know you. So uh, you so graciously had me on your show and I appreciate that very much. And, um, but wow, you know, from a political world at the age of 21 and then moving into a life as an entrepreneur, like talk about that political world and then, Share with the audience about the shift you made into the entrepreneurial world as an entrepreneur and what you have been focusing your attention on with that transition and change. Well, you're taking me way back when. We're talking about last century. Do you (laughs) realize that? (laughs) You're not that old now. Stop it. (laughs) But yeah, well, here's the thing. I, um, yeah, my, my, my first real job after uh, finishing college was uh, in the uh, political world here in Iceland. I, I was, uh, uh, I was the personal or I guess you can call it the PA for the minister of culture and education in Iceland was at the time was, I think the second woman to be in that place um, holding uh, a position of being a political minister. And, um, Following, following, working with her and and uh, being part of actually working, my one of my tasks was to computerize the the ministry, and I feel like I'm an old person when I go back to this time because, and but I, I'm gonna say it because it's funny or I think it's funny. <laughs> you see, when we were com- when the first computer that we got into the ministry at the time was um, word processor. And with a capacity of 20 megabyte storage. And that was huge. That was huge. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That was massive. And you were doing those, you were doing the DOS prompt commands, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, actually, no, we, because we went into, um, we picked a computer that's called Wang computer. It was really like the, um, the startup for Word that um, at those days, it was really a big competition between IBM and Wang computers. But now we're so back, way back, that I'm going to go into the entrepreneurial world and take <laughs> it back to the place where actually at the time I, um, I'd been working for um, a computer company and um, I was a mom at the time and I had my son who was uh, two years old and I was really, really into my work. And um, then my mother... At that time, she was about, I think, 53 years old. She decided to start her own company at that age, had no experience at all on what it was to be an entrepreneur. So, but she started her own company and it was, it was going pretty well for her. And I kind of like saw that there were things that she was managing really well and other things that I really saw that I might be able to help her out with. So I said to myself, 
why don't I quit this job of mine, spend more time with my son and help my mom out a bit? And Tim, of course, you know, this was, I don't know in what world I was at that time thinking that I could actually go step into the entrepreneurial world and spend more time with my son. Come on. I mean, wow, I did not. Well, I think um, my son didn't, uh, it didn't damage him, but but he got a whole new version of his mom at the time. Um, And and still to this day, I think it has, um, it has made him for what he is and who he is. Uh, because basically, I just got that bug, um, building a company, uh, being in the whole situation of being able to be in a platform where I could, um, I, I, I really needed to stand for something. And I needed every decision was either, either this, this decision is going to make me, you know, I, I, it will succeed or I will fail. And I have to really stand by whichever it is. And as the company grew, uh, my confidence grew and uh, my ability to uh, um, do all these things that I, I wanted to do in that business. Um, right. It all really, I could really feel how it was all related to my own abilities to search inside of myself and see, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I make this happen? And, you know, I, I'm nothing different. I'm not different than any other entrepreneur for that reason, but it, it, it uh, it's a bug. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, and from there, I mean, uh, I, I grew that company that was a wholesale company. I was growing that. I, I, I literally bought the business from my mom and, and my dad um, and uh, then sold it. And at the time when I sold it, I, for the first time in my life, I stood in front of the question, what do you want to do, Runa, when you grow up? Now, what what age, if you don't mind me asking, like that? Like, I am at that time. I'm 45. Wow! And so you're sitting there saying, "What do I want to do with my life?" That's, yeah. I mean, that's powerful because a lot of people, it's usually they get to the end of their life and they're going, "What did I do with my life?" Yeah. They don't spend the time saying, "What do I want to do with my life?" You know, so, yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's not. I mean, it may be back there lingering in their mind. But I love yeah, that. I, I love yeah. that you see all this stuff. It's like you had this political thing. Then you know you have your son. You you move in. You you start moving into the business with your mom. You help her grow that. You buy that out from them. Grow it even more from your parents. And then you get to the point after that. And instead of going, I'm done because I sold something. You're at a point where you're saying, What do I want to do? Did it come with apprehension, fear? Were you scared? Was there a depression of like, what am I going to do now? Like, I feel like this is my identity. Like, what was that like for you? It, it's really interesting and a really good question, Tim. You see, when you stand, when I was standing there, it took me a while to really understand that I was coming to a certain cross point in my life. Um, you know, when you're building something and you're really passionate about it and you're doing it and doing it and doing it and you think you, you, you're just loving it and right. and it's like your baby and, and you see the baby growing and all of those things and you think, oh, I can never, ever leave this thing and all of that. And then all of a sudden what happened to me was there was uh, someone approached me and wanted to buy my business. And at the time I had not thought about that. And uh, 
he actually, that guy that came to me, he wanted to merge the businesses together. But just that little seed that he gave me as I started to look at that possibility, should I merge with him? It made me understand that that passion and that drive that I had was no longer there. So when I went really deep down inside of my, in my gut at that time, I saw, hey, I'm actually in, on that point, in that point in my life that I should look at other things. And that's where I started to open up for the possibility of to sell. Interestingly enough, I had originally not thought about that. Um, so when I sold the business, I, you know how it's very common, the, the, the small print when you sell a business that I, the owner is, you basically cannot go and compete with that business for a couple of years. Right. So basically what I, I was standing in front of, I, I basically could not do what I knew what to do. Huh. Yeah. So I, I was, and I thought that was great because I was in the place that I just wanted to do something totally different. I, I mean, I just thought about this uh, as, a, hey, I've never thought about what I want to do with my life before. Now I had space to do that. And, um, and I started literally to just think about really the things that I've always wanted to do. You know, all of those things that... I had found myself in so many occasions thought about, oh, it would be so lovely if I could do this or that. But I never did because I was always busy with building that wholesale business. Wow. So I just looked at, hey, now I have the space. I have money. I, I can, you know, I have some uh, resources that I can work with. And what do I want to do? And I totally transformed my life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, you know. And I know I want to get into because I love your no more boxes, the campaign and what you what I the way I came to know you and understand um, the things that you're doing, which I applaud and I you mm -hmm. know stand to my feet and applaud. Um, but the you know, the, when people make those kind of changes, did you look at what was transferable or did you say, I want to I want it to be all brand new? Did you say what to what skills do I have? that are directly transferable into something else that could be adapted. So like, for instance, if I worked for, um, you know, like, you know, General Electric does a lot with like um, uh, gas, gas, gas engines, gas turbines, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so these are these turbines. So they have these engines and they spin really fast, you know, and they, they can burn fuel and they burn, they can heat something up beyond the point where the metal would melt, but because yeah. of their cooling system and they, the way they have these fins set and the way they spin at over 600 miles an hour with a clearance or a tolerance of the wall between the blades is like, like 10 to 15 sheets of paper spinning yeah. that fast, but they know yeah. how to cool, right? So, yeah. so those guys can take transferable understanding and knowledge of airflow and apply it to um, you know, a rider's kit for a cyclist or to how air moves over a vehicle. So mm -hmm. I, related, somewhat like that, if I could just use that example, mm -hmm. what transferable things did you say, I know I could use these to go where I want to go, or were you more focused on what, what new thing can I learn and develop? This is really good question, Tim, because I, what happened for me, it actually was a little bit re reversed to what you're saying, because it, I, I, um, 
I've looked at long-term vision and I really allowed myself to dream that long-term version, you know, that, that vision 10 years ahead of time. Right. And I, uh, I got a, a good help from a really good coach that helped me there, you know, you know, your brain starts to do tricks with you, but she kind of like helped me. She was putting me there. And from there, uh, all of those little things that I like to look at, I, I see it as a threat, you know, my experience being in the political world, my experience being in the computer world, my experience being an entrepreneur, uh, having a wholesale company, being a, uh, responsible for brands for my country. And, you know, all of those little things, all of those little nudges that I already had and the my skill sets as well as what I love to do and all of those things. I look at each and every one of them as a threat. And as I was looking at my long-term vision for what I really wanted to see my life evolve into, I saw all of it coming together. And if you can picture threats coming together and they're like, they swill swill up, they, they become like a rope. Right. And that rope is then so big and so, so strong that I could rely on it. And that's really like the, the foundation. I said, hey, I have all of these things. Today, I call it your X factor. It, I got all of these things that I already have. They are already things, uh, knows the, my, my skills, my knowledge, my experience, all of those things. And they were already right in front of me. I use the term, they're all already in front of my tits, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but they, they literally are, they are all in front of you as well. Uh, it's when you adapt them and when you appreciate them and when you see that they're all valuable, it's a choice how I choose to look at them, even though some of them might have been at the time, not very nice knowledge or nice um, experience, but I managed to somehow put it together into that thick rope. And I held on to that rope as my safety as I was taking my next step. Did that, does this make any sense to you? Oh, yes, it does. I mean, yeah. I'm, ge- I'm getting a great visual of like, you know, because, uh, you know, if I were to just have one, you know, um, you know, cord, but if I were to a- able to have three or four or five cords and I braid them, that's yeah. when I can actually get something strong and sustainable. So it requires you twisting them up. And so to me, I just get this, this imagery of you taking these, quote, threats, bringing them together and twisting them up in order to create something that is durable, that it's strong, there's sustainability, and it's yeah. useful, yeah. You know, it's useful. And, um, and I love that because I, I always tell people, stop looking at what you don't have and what you can't do and start mm-hmm. with what you do have and you can do. Oh, yeah. M- most people never leave the house or the world that they're living in because it's always, I don't have this or I can't do this. What can you do? What do you have? We overlook the simple things. Like there's a great a movie, great movie called The Awakening with Robin Williams back in the day, and yeah. and um, Robert De Niro was in the movie as well. And he was in a Robert De Niro played this actor who was in a catatonic state, 
And mm-hmm. he was in a state where he just didn't move or anything. Well, through some medical breakthroughs and so forth in science, he was able to be awakened. All he wanted to do was just go outside and take a walk. And he got so infuriated. Robert De Niro did this actor because this character, because he, all these people take for granted what they do have and what they can do. Just the simple pleasure, learning to simplify ourselves in the pleasure of what you have and can do Mm -hmm. can actually heighten your awareness, give you greater insight and move you into greater, instead of just possibilities, into probabilities. And it sounds to me like you took possible, made it probable because of the stance that you took and the way you decided to look at your life. Would that be true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it it, it was, uh, it was a meant choice. I, I, I absolutely did go that way. Uh, and I would say, um, looking back to that time and, you know, the reason the drivers that, that, uh, enabled me to think that way and act that way, uh, really related to a lot of it are related to my upbringing and, and how I've, uh, seen my, 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 my mother in particularly, uh, overcome things. Um, and you learn from, from visually and, and, and everything that, that is, that you see in front of you, you learn from it. So I think if, um, that therefore I always think that every single one of us, uh, we are such a, an important, we play such an important role as a role model. It doesn't have to be our children necessarily. It's, it's everyone around us. So um, I was, yeah, I would thank for that. I was really um, grateful to see that uh, as an example, my mom, aged 53, starting a company. Um, that That's uh, a huge role model for me. So, so that influence there, because to me, leadership is influence and, mm. and leadership doesn't mean that, it, you know, I believe, you know, I have, I do a lot of training with folks on what leadership is supposed to look like, but plain and simple mm. leadership is influence. You can lead from inside. You can, mm. you can ha- be the number one person. It doesn't matter. Leadership is, 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 it's actually how you use your influence and where mm-hmm. it goes. And so seeing your life and hearing this story and as the listeners are hearing this and bringing in change makers, like this beautiful community mm-hmm. that you have been cultivating mm-hmm. and working with others and collaborating with others and yeah. no more boxes. Step mm-hmm. us into that world. Bring us oh. into, bring us into bringing in change makers, this beautiful community that you are, mm-hmm. are, I, I would say you're a curator of, um, mm-hmm. And obviously using your influence for that, your experience and all the things with a growth mindset and then this entire no more boxes. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the change makers are, are absolutely, um, for me, um, they're a group of people that I decided, I actually decided to leave my isolated box um, that I felt one day that I was in, um, a box that wasn't serving me anymore. I was... Uh, I wanted to expand myself and I wanted to expand my business. And I felt that I needed people with um, different skill set who would, but yet sharing similar values or same values. I, I wanted to uh, 
connect with them on a level that we could really be a benefit to each other and benefit to the world so that we can become the chains that we want to see in our world. So now, when you say, just one second, when you say connect with them, what does that connection look like when you say these that, different? That connect, I mean, I want to, I, I connect with people on a, on a deeper level, meaning I want to really, uh, I want to know their X factor. I want to know who they are, not what they do, but right. who they are as so, a being. So well said. Yeah. And so we're, we so are put together with eight of us. We're coming from six countries. These people, we're all doing, um, they're all, I would say, um, the, the, the best of the best, the creme de la creme. And when it comes to business and uh, personal development, wow. uh, the, we, we are, of course, we're, we're all individuals and we all have our uh, strengths and, and, and shadows, but coming together on a, and in a space where we can be who we are and we can explore and we can support each other and we can create, um, uh, we can create business opportunities and, you know, you, you name it, that's what we're doing. We are as a group, we are coming together to empower humans to be the change that they want to see in their world. And when we talk about change, the change makers, when we are talking about change, we're talking about a change that is sustainable, inclusive, and magnetic. And from that angle, uh, the No More Boxes, which is uh, a project, a movement, a global movement that we are working on, which really came from uh, our uh, participants, we were, we were uh, participating at the, at the United Nations um, with, with a special call to action panel at the Global Summit Impact Leadership. And then we're talking about, we're focusing on putting the, the isolating divisive and and basically destructed boxes because boxes can be good as well but don't you know um so what we mean when we're saying no more boxes we are talking about no more boxes that are isolating us that are making us feel lonely that are, are making people feel that they don't belong and raising the awareness towards the boxes that we want to be in and we want to put other people in that are good and that are um, going to make us flourish as human beings. And so this is a huge task. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, my God, uh, I can tell you, Tim, the, the, the amount of boxes that I found myself into just by raising my own awareness towards this. Oh, my God. It is it's actually a little bit scary, but at the same time, I can also feel that if we are able to raise the awareness for, for anyone out there, just that they are slightly more aware of their conscious or unconscious reactions to whatever it is that they feel it's supposed to be like this or that, just to stop for a second or two and ask themselves why they need to do it and what is that behavior giving them back and just kind of like just slightly get get their eyes open for what they're doing. 
I think we can change the world. I don't think actually. I believe we can. I, I love that. And the thing that, that grabs me the most is believe a change should be sustainable, mm. inclusive, and magnetic. Yeah. To me, there's the power there. And can I tell you, I'm a zero trend person. Trends drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand it could be the buzz and it could be, you know, trends can, you know, lead you down the paths to new discoveries. I understand that. But yeah. it's almost like we're not satisfied enough with principles and rudiments and basic things. Uh-huh. We overcomplicate so much Ooh, yeah. that we miss what's right in front of us. And that's what I hear you saying is that when you became aware consciously and what was going on subconsciously within you and you worked on that yeah. awareness, you found out that everything probably that you needed to know was already there. You already had it within you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love the way I put it this way. Like you could go outside and it could be very overcast and people go, oh, the sun's not out. No, the sun is out. And if you and I got on an airplane and we went up 30,000 feet, guess what we would see? Blue skies and sunshine. Yeah. Do you notice the clouds never affect? It it never touches the sun. The clouds Mm -hmm. do not touch. That overcast, (laughs) that rain is not touching that atmosphere that's so much higher and we're, yeah. we need to tap into the higher self because when you woke up this morning, Runa, so did I and everyone listening, no matter what the condition is around you, you may feel the overcast. You may feel the rain and the drizzle. It may feel cold to you. It may feel dark. I don't know. Yeah. But guess what? You already have blue skies and sunshine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did, yeah. Does that make sense? And just being, yeah, and just being aware that you uh, you – you are you feeling it in this moment right now or was it something that came up just for a second and you're going to hold grab into that and hold that oh it's cloudy whether as you know holding that oh there's a sun above that sky wow that is so strong so you know you it, you know one of the things that you have on your 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 site which I'm very curious about because I believe in you know organizational health as a competitive advantage because you know not everyone is an entrepreneur I tell people you can be an entrepreneur you can go work for somewhere and be an entrepreneur bring your skills and add oh, value yeah. to an organization right so organizational yeah. health as a competitive advantage is important to me and that deals more with people more so than your widgets or your product or your service that you sell And I believe in having incredible teams, extraordinary teams. I believe in very effective leaders, people that understand what real leadership looks like. It's not a positional level. That's the lowest level. You have to move to a permission level. People follow you because they want to. Then the next Mm -hmm. level is your production level. People follow you because they see what you do, that it's not just you delegating things. Then there's Mm -hmm. the fourth level, a people development level. And that's when people follow you because of what you do to add value to their lives. And I believe that that's when you start seeing that when that leader is a, he says that I am a part of a team of, you know, which I have the privilege to lead. Mm -hmm. I get to lead them. So in other words, they count it as a privilege. It's not a a muscle, the lowest level of just power and position. And you, you talk about businesses and organizations that you like to work with them to break down all these boxes that, Mm -hmm. that, that limit and divide us. So, you know, is this this corporate anthropology? Like how, what is it that you're doing? Like, how do you go about this? Because someone listening, maybe they're not in charge. 
But maybe they can be inspired by what you're saying to help them in their current situation and where they are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you how you see things for sure. What we do um, with the, um, the chains makers and uh, the no more boxes is uh, we are, we offer what we call the no more boxes breakfast clubs. One of my favorite um, movies, by the way, yeah, is <laughs> the, breakfast club. the breakfast club. I love that movie. I have a t-shirt, a buddy of mine. I've, I've been friends with him over 20, probably 25 years. And yeah. for my birthday, a couple of years ago, he found an old school breakfast club um, t-shirt with Jed Nelson with his hand lifted up in the air, like the end when he walks yeah. off the, you know, yeah. the end of the movie and he throws his hands up, you know, yeah. and he gave, he brought it to me as a, as one of my birthday gifts. But anyways, I love that. The, I love just knowing you call it breakfast club. So yeah, it is a breakfast club because it <laughs> takes, it takes place in the morning. It takes place either in your kitchen or in your business canteen. And, uh, it's, this is what we do, which is our little magic is creating that safe space for people to come in and have that deep conversations, that dialogue that makes them understand in what sort of a box are they in? What is preventing them to become the change that they want to see in their world? And we open them up. And so I would, I would, I would basically, our mission is to open up these boxes for 5 million people before 2020, the end of 2020. I love that and goal. I love that. It's a huge goal, Tim, and I need all the help in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I'll do whatever I can, but I hope a lot of our listeners who are listening do the same thing. But you've got me. I'm already a fan. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So this is what we and uh, because what we are doing, we're exploring. We're exploring how to do these boxes. What do they look like? And, and what we're also exploring in this on this our journey as we're doing this, um, we're I'm currently writing a book that will be published this autumn called "The Story of Boxes." the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm co-writing it with one of my change makers, Nicholas Haynes, who is the kindness ambassador and this, the creator of Five Institute in the UK. And um, I'm telling you, Tim, those breakfast clubs, uh, normal boxes, breakfast clubs, they are a transformation that happens during one breakfast. Um, they are the seat that... Um, you are simply not used to, you're not used to the conversation that will take place there. And because of that, uh, because it opens up for something that um, has a meaning for you, um, wow. you will change. Wow. Now, is that something, um, how do you move that message out? How do you encourage, I mean, because like I, I work with organizations, I'm about to start a year-long um, effort with a group um, in my area that um, they have about 50 employees and they work mm. with kids that have been kicked out of preschool. Mm. Like literally yeah. their, their homes are so messed up that these kids, like they're not allowed. In, in, yeah. in, in, when you see a K-4 kid yeah. that's four years old who 
can't go and they have to have de-escalation rooms and all this stuff. And, um, and I'm doing a lot of leadership and team development with them. My focus is the people. I say, you know, your organization is only going to be as good as your people and every business has a soul. What does the soul of your business look like? Right. And so what the work they're doing is extraordinary and they're doing the most good, but they need that. So I'm sitting here thinking, I want to get them to have breakfast clubs and walk into a room where you see, and I love what you said, little magic, because Uh you're not saying big magic. You're not talking miraculous. I think, I think miracles come later. We're too busy waiting for miracles instead of doing what you just said, little magic. We're opening the space for the magic to exist. I mean, you need to have space for a magic to exist. Yes, and your that moves me. Little magic, little moments. It's the power of a handwritten note, just a little note stuck on someone's windshield that says, "I believe in you." Right. So you know, you know, safe space for deep dialogue. So I'm sitting here and I'm going, I want to get these guys to do breakfast clubs. Is yeah. this is this a copywritten thing? Like, I mean, is it something that are it, you trying to do uh, a movie? What are you doing with it? We are. Uh, yeah, it is. It actually is a really it's a structure things. And, and we uh, our long term vision is to be able to teach change makers how to do this so that they can open up their own uh, normal boxes, breakfast clubs in their own community and, and run it by themselves uh, to start with. Uh, we come in and we do it. Um, and as we're doing it, we're teaching other change makers to do this. So it, it happens. It, it, uh, it, it's taking place. And with everything, there is a, there, like with everything else in life, uh, if you look at nature, nature, how nature grows, there are, there are two cells and they multiply into four and they multiply and then multiply and then multiply. And the same thing happens when, with any movement, it happens organically it needs to happen in a in a nice way just like nature does it um that's how it can be sustainable and that's how it has a a movement it has an impact that that sits in people's hearts and and um that's in my view uh that's the only way to to do things that is going to be sustainable inclusive and magnetic now, not not to not to um, you know, I'm not trying to like uh, overly flatter or anything, but you seem to have so much joy, and yeah. you you communicate from such a healthy place, and I'm sure you have enough concerns like anyone else in the world. Uh-huh. How do you how do you focus yourself? What type of positive habits do you have, Runa? That 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 just gets you to really look at the vastness of the sky. Like, you know, I've looked at a lot of your photos and I mean, just, I'm like, I want to go to Iceland (laughs) because it's so beautiful. I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at this place. Right. And so even though it's so small, it's loaded with so much beauty. And I wonder if people need to understand that for themselves, that maybe you feel so small, but you're full of so much beauty um, I feel like you communicate like that. You, you, I just hear your joy. I, I see that you don't waste time trying to overcomplicate and that you, you step into things. What have you done? How have you helped yourself to, to develop that type of mindset, develop those types of positive habits for yourself and, and, and get on the course of, of productive 
um, inner monologue versus destructive inner monologue. Thank you, Tim. Thank God we are not in 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 video here because then everyone would see how I'm blushing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you a little secret of mine, of how my little rituals that I've done for I don't know how long. And I, I didn't really, I didn't, it's not that, well, probably probably five, six years ago so that, that I uh, understood that I was actually doing it. I did this unconsciously. Um, and that secret is every single day when I wake up every single time I leave my house every single day that I come into a new place or I just come into a place it doesn't have to be a new one there is one question that I ask myself and I wait for the answer to come and that question is what is the feeling that I want to give into that situation into that state into that space into that day wow. and the feeling the answer comes to me and that's the feeling that i put in my heart and that's what i'm reflecting out to the world wow and i like the word you use there to reflect you know mm. a lot of people don't realize what they try to do is project when mm. the most meaningful lives we can live are the ones that we reflect because the good thing about reflecting is if there is something going on that's wrong with mm. us, it allows other people in. But when we just project, it's almost like a defensive tool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Versus reflect. Mm -hmm. Reflect what's going on. Yeah. Reflect back. Reflect out. And I love that. And so, of course, reflection is you want to take a look. Like if you stand in the mirror, you only see yourself anyway, right? And yeah. what do you say? So what about what do you reflect? So your inside is reflecting, coming out of you through your eyes, through your face, through your body language, through your words, through yeah. your actions. It's through every decision is, yeah. is a reflection. And that is the one thing that cannot be denied. You can do your best to deceive. You can deceive yourself, deceive others. You can do all kinds of trickery. You can play games like David Copperfield with smoke and mirrors, you know, and how do you yeah. do that? But do, we don't want to live a life of illusion. And yeah. that leads into something that you say that, you know, boxes, you know, these imaginary boxes. Yeah. Why do they feel so real for people? I think there are many reasons why they feel so real to people. Um, there are, in fact... There are eight different drivers that lead that are behind, underneath our behavior of how we're doing things and how we go into we, we show up at the same time. Um, we're we're covering all of that in the book that we are writing the story of boxes, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're also writing about and that has been really interesting for myself as I'm doing the research for this is. How do we, how do we, how can we move? How can we move from an ugly box into a better box? So we developed a, a three-step process for that. And, and, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm testing that with myself on, on every single day as when I'm observing my own behavior and my own reactions to things. And it's absolutely amazing, Tim, how much we can do. Right. It is absolutely unbelievable amazing. Mm. 
What, what it, would you mind? Could you share maybe a couple of drivers? I don't want you to give away what's in your book because I want people to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> but are there a couple of drivers that you would say, you know, are the instigators or the oh, motivators? I can, from just what you've been talking about regarding to uh, leadership, as an example of being, you know, the hierarchy, one of the drivers can be exactly the they, uh, where you place yourself. If you think about in history, you know, they, the, the chief was always the one that got the um, first to eat, who was served the best. And what, what, what happens when you position yourself in that role? What happens when you're not there and you're looking at someone who is in that role? How do you, how do you go about it? How do you judge him or her? And it's in, isn't it interesting a little bit on a slight sidetrack here, that all of these words that I use when it comes to leadership has to do with the man. It's a male world. Right. And if you think about that, what sort of a box is that? It's it's a big one. <laughs> it's a huge one. Exactly. It's a huge it, one. Right. It feels insurmountable. Uh, I mean, so it, it just being aware that that's how we see things. And we, we might not believe in it, but Deep down inside, our DNA, our history, our, our yeah, how we've chosen to look at things, our you know the gifts that we're born with into this world, it is huge. But we, if we are not aware of it, nothing will change. Mm. Wow. You know, and you, you, you have a quote, and I love it on your site, a brave leader knows their team to the core not mm-hmm. just their university degrees, more importantly, yeah. what makes their heart sing with joy. Mm. And one of the things that, which is the irony of the whole situation. And so as a man, I can, I'm going to say this. And if other men get upset, I mean, I really don't care. I'm not trying to impress them or whatever. I just want to speak the truth. You know, you find most men aren't the ones singing to their children. Most women, you know, most men aren't the ones singing and doing things. Okay, it sounds great when it comes to a record contract or, you know, and they're out there making music, right? But when it comes to just singing and singing in general or a song in the heart, you find that in a woman. I was raised by a single mom for a very long time with my older brother. And so that greatly impacted me. And so I've always had a conflict with you know, which is a little rabbit trail here. So the, you know, I don't like the, I'm not a big, you know, I understand it's important to know for census information and where people come from and, you know, race and all this other stuff. And to me, it's like, it's such a small conversation. Um, I think heritage is great. Legacy is great, but not for the purposes of, I just feel like we take it too far and we go in other places. But the thing I'm trying to say is this, as you talked about leadership and this song of joy, I always saw a song of joy in my mom when she was working three and four jobs and the vision vision that she had. But the men (laughs) around me who I was looking for input and influence from, they didn't have that. And I'm not going to subscribe to the notion that, well, that's just not how a man's wired. That's, yeah, I no. think that's crap. That is garbage. Is. Okay. Yeah, I so agree with I, you. I, and so I look at that and I say, even when I see that when they say that, you know, women, you know, like you have to have, and I understand, just I understand the importance of why they have to do these programs because of such antiquated thinking that we have in the world and such 
just garbage, just garbage, okay? But that a woman is not minority. <laughs> like a woman is not like, you know, I just, I, I, I struggle with seeing that, knowing that I have still yet to meet a man who can lead like my mother led. And yeah, and I, I, I think that here's the thing and I'm here and you, uh, this might be a surprise or not. Um, let's see if it will be, you see Tim. Yes. If I stop judging you from something that is a, I prescribe as a being a man because you're a man and I start to talk with you and I start to, and I connect with you as a human being. I'm not putting you into that you can't sing to your children. I'm not I'm not putting you into any stereotype role. I'm listening to you. Right. And I'm hearing what you're saying. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or or uh I'm not even sure what what it's called in English when you don't you don't want to belong to either gender. Um it, that that's that becomes a poof it doesn't matter i i i want to connect with you as a human being yes and i want to learn from you as a human being because i believe that when you get in touch with yourself as a human being you are also more able to connect with another person as a human being and that's how you pay for it right and you know and for me just so you know you know i'm a you know i believe in we were created by a God. That's my point of view. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you can never look into the eyes of another human being that doesn't matter. If I, because of my belief that God, uh -huh. that I believe a, there's a God that, that all people, you know, his plan was for life. If you want to know how important people are, he made them all. Mm -hmm. And so you can never look into the eyes of another human being that doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't dismiss people. You can't. Mm -hmm. And so what if they're not like you? You know what? And if they were like you, I, I to be honest with you, I mean, Runa, would you want to have a world of people that are just like you or would you actually Tim. lose your interest? <laughs> Tim, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is absolutely no one like you. That's right. You're one of a kind. I know. You're one of a kind. So yep. how can you be then expecting people to be like you. Let me ask you this question. Um, you know, our show is, it's called Uphill Conversations. And I tell people your current condition doesn't match your emerging future. And anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And mm. going uphill, people look at that as a bad thing. Like they, they, they look for easy. Well, nothing grows in easy. If you want a seed to grow when you plant it in the ground, the way the seed releases its essence is through pressure. So the, the, we share the same privilege. It's called pressure. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? If we want to talk about privileged, we all are privileged in the same degree at that level. If we could yeah. just look at life that way, right? So yeah. what going uphill is a challenge. So if you look at Tour de France, I'm not a cyclist, but those guys get a yellow jersey for climbing the hill. And on the hill, mm -hmm. they may be tired. They have to draft their teammate. They have to make yeah. a pass. They may be injured, wounded. We don't know what's going on inside of them, but they're moving. They have to create momentum. They got to know how to shift their gears. Mm -hmm. There's so much that comes into play. 
Yeah. What uphill journey have you had that you'd be willing to share with the listeners that it was a challenge that you had to overcome and how did you overcome it? Just one. It could be personal, it could be professional. What 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 did you have to deal with, overcome, and how did you do it? That is um, that is such a such a great question, and I'm trying to stall it as I'm trying to re- think of something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you some stall time. Funny. We'll put a little stall music but here. Share, there's one thing that come up, and I always believe in the things that are coming up are the things that I should be sharing. And I, I, I yeah, I will. Um, a very personal story, in fact. Um, uh, I. I was um, I was married for in a relationship for 19 years and and um, and I would say that going through making the decision to end that relationship and and moving moving to a new place in my life was definitely an an, an uphill thing um, and. Just like I truly believe that the world is always showing us, the, the universe is always showing us what we need to overcome in order for us to be to go to that place that we want to go to. And so if in me in my case, I, I wanted a different life and it and I wanted to be happy. And I wanted to be uh, a good role model for my children. And uh, I, in order for me to do, be able to do that, I needed to leave that relationship. And uh, so, and that's what the universe was showing me at the time so that I could move on. And that gave me space to do the things that I'm doing today with the No More Boxes uh, awareness movement and the No More Boxes breakfast clubs and me work, traveling the world and setting up these clubs and doing talks and everything and coaching and everything that I'm doing. If I would not have climbed that hill and faced that difficulties, I would not be able to do what I'm doing today. Wow. Thank you so much for just sharing that story because there are people out there. I always say, you know, especially when I get an opportunity to stand in front of a crowd, which, you know, I like speaking, you get a great, you know, I tell people you get this great emotional high, this, you feel so incredible that you can see a room excited, but I'm a longevity person. Like what you said, sustainability, inclusive and magnetic. (laughs) I like sustainability. I want things that'll last. And, but I always tell the people, you know, raise your hand, like, you know, I'll share something deep and personal, like what you just did. And I'll say, these were the things that I felt. How many of you felt like that before? Mm -hmm. And you can just see them sitting there. And I'm like, lift your hands, participate. Let people Mm -hmm. look around the room and see, because that's what we need to see is I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, I'm not alone. And and you can make tough decisions. And you know what? I I bet you, Runa, it wasn't popular, was it? It, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it, well, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, a it's, yeah, it's a, some sort of a, uh, I mean, it, it's breaking a certain type of norms. And although it's not a huge, enough huge amount of, uh, today it isn't at least to, to divorce or, or get out of uh, something that is not serving you anymore. But that was definitely that box was not serving me and I needed to change 
so that I could uh, sustain myself and be magnetic. Wow. I love it. I love it. What are three things that you are optimistic about over the next 12 months? It can be personal or professional. I am hugely (laughs) optimistic (laughs) that I will be able to raise the um, the $1.2 million that I need to, uh, do the world tour next year for the normal boxes, breakfast clubs. And with the crew that is going to follow us because we're doing a documentary around the journey as we go, I'm hugely optimistic around that one. Okay. I'm also really optimistic about, we are going to reach those 5 millions, uh, earlier than we are actually setting the target for it. Um, so I would say by mid-2020, five millions, check. There we go. <laughs> and personally, I am hugely optimistic that I will stay healthy in the container that I was um, given in this lifetime. And I will do everything that I can to stick that way because that's the only way I can reach those other two goals. Wow. That is so, I mean, I love those goals. And you know what I love is that there, you spoke those out loud and say, I love that. And I tell people that your words, you know, of course you need action with them, but I believe you'll see that happen. I see, you'll see it come to truth, come to light because I think we, we have creation in the words we speak, but mm-hmm. when we act with those words that we speak for creation, then we actually get to see the um, the physical or the physical equivalent or the manifestation of those things that yeah. we have the ability to not just attract them to us, but to to engage them, to intersect with them, to find them yeah. because you're shifting your awareness. You're yeah. shifting the way you see the world and your mind is somewhere. You're moving your mind in a direction to where what you may be walking right by. Your answer could be right next door to you. And I tell people, because you're so unaware, because of where your mind is, you're missing what is right the there next to you. It, well, yeah. Or just you, you're allowed to use my words. It's right in front of your tits. <laughs> the, uh, the, well yes i i I, I'll, I will and guys have tits too. yes Don't, they do yes, i know they do. do i'm listen i'm just being listen it's a crazy world out there <laughs> so there's certain things that uh, yeah. i mean yeah. you're never gonna get out of this life alive anyway so i know they, i love that that's really good i'm stealing that from you if you were to say, go to this one place and find the best of me, all of me, and everything about me, where would you want to send them, my listeners? Um, can I send them to two places? You can send them. <laughs> if you said, well, I said the best ways, you, you know, so you, three. You, you give, it could be you, three. You, you give me the thumb and I take you up on, up on the arm. You can it. have it all. Just tell me how oh, you... Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, here's two things that I would love for the listeners to to uh, check out. If you they go to my website runamagnus.com it's r-u-n-a-m-a-g-n-u-s dot com you can find everything all about uh, me and the change makers if you are really interested into the normal boxes movement and uh, how you can support us or be part of it or whatever then go to nomoreboxesmovement.com and you can find everything around that brilliant concept (laughs) yeah that makes it very simple and i love it so um 
I really want to tell you how I, this is our second time talking, and I want to. Uh, hopefully, we will. I want to stay in touch with you. I love what you're doing, and likewise, you're an incredible guest. You are wonderful, and I know the audience is going to appreciate you. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tim. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. Your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. Remember, your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, always remember, you will see people like me and Runa on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.